Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mets fans, welcome back to Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Chris. Chris is using a different microphone, so he sounds a little bit different, but I, I assure you it's actually Chris and not an AI simulation who, because Chris himself doesn't want to talk about the Mets right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I failed. <laughs> um, anyway, we went to... Uh, we went to the Twitters and we asked our listeners, friends, followers, etc., to send us some Q and A questions because talking about the current Mets product is just depressing and bad. And I don't have much else to add to the things we've said so far. At the end of the season, it'll be a different story, but for right now, there's just not a ton to talk about with the Mets. So we reached out for some questions. We got some questions that are um, that are Mets related and some that aren't Mets related, and I think they're pretty fun. So I'm going to start with a really simple one here. This comes from. Uh, at Rusted Shackle Ford on a Twitter. Are sausage and peppers a hot dog, Chris? No. <laughs> they're good. Yes. But they're not a hot dog. <laughs> I think this might this might be a play on the is a hot dog a sandwich question. Right. Yes, yes. And a hot dog is a sandwich, and sausage and peppers is a sandwich, but sausage and peppers is not a hot dog to me. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I, I think um, it brings back fond memories of Shea Stadium more, yes, yes. more than a hot dog does just because it was the only food that smelled good. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I feel like I have not had sausage peppers at City Field in the 10 years or so it's been open because uh, there's there's various other good food options, but for – for my like adulthood at Shea, from you know eighteen to twenty eight or whatever it was when they when they finally closed it down, that was pretty much what I ate at every single Mets game. Yeah, it was that, and then like Mamas of Corona, yes. which was probably the highest quality food in the joint. Just um, 
it, you couldn't smell it from far away. Right, like exactly. With the sausage and peppers. Yeah, the premio sausage and pepper stand was like uh, I felt like like a cartoon, like being dragged by my by my sniffing over to that. You know, it was just uh, oh man, what well, what a smell, what a smell at Chase Stadium. It's a good memory. See, I, I think I think that was what the question's goal really was was to to make us talk about something related to the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here's a Mets related question. Uh, this is from our friend Nate, an Amazing Avenue contributor. Gaze into the future. At the end of Pete Alonso's career, will he be the Mets' all-time home run leader? So I did some math this morning, and would you would you say that we, we think Pete Alonso is a 35 home run guy at this point in his career? Is that where you'd say he sort of lands right now? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it helps that that's like right where he is currently right um but i think on an, an annual basis 35 plus is what i would expect um right. which is which is pretty great uh right. you know obviously everybody's home run totals have been diminished a bit by the change in the actual baseball but i think he's somebody you can count on that from each year and uh and then he might have another year or two mixed in that he hits 50 or right again you know Right, he's, he's got that power, and if Major League Baseball decides, you know, that there's a pitch clock and the ball is going to be extra juiced and the strike zone is going to be robotic and all this stuff, I like it's no other sport that I follow feels like it's making changes on the fly like baseball does. Um, I mean, I guess the NFL has implemented, uh, you know, more rule changes over the last 10 years and the 10 years before that mm-hmm. um, hockey hasn't really changed any rules recently. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's so weird because baseball is number one for me. And I like just talking about the ball. Right. Um, right. So like the puck, nobody, nobody's been like, Oh, the hockey puck. I was just going to, I was, was just going to say, so when was the last time you heard someone complain about the hockey puck? Right, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's not a thing. But anyway, so um, Conforto, not Conforto. My goodness, we're getting ahead to a different question. Alonzo has um, four more seasons as a Met before free agency strikes for him. If he were to end, if he were not to sign with the Mets or extend with the Mets before the end of his contract, he would have four more years to surpass Daryl Strawberry as the home run king. He would need if he hit thirty-five home runs a year. He would need four point two years to beat his record. And so, if you th- if Chris is thinking thirty-five plus is about where he is, then he should be the Mets' all-time home run leader by the time he's thirty, which is his last season under the under his initial Mets contract. I think of all the players on the Mets, Alonso is the guy most likely to get extended or re-signed by the Mets. So if he keeps at his pace, he keeps healthy, I think there's no question that he is the that he is the uh the home run king at the end of his career. Well, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I I think that's very likely. Um you know, unless somebody who's in the minors right now comes up and is is that prolific uh as a power bat starting very soon, but then you, even then you'd have to outpace him um, by quite a bit. So, yeah, I think, I think he, uh, 
you know, barring something unforeseen, we've seen random things um, derail players before, but we have to remember those are relatively rare, even though it feels like they happen frequently <laughs> to right. the Mets. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I think he will, at least for some period of time, hold that title. Yeah, I mean, so um, if he has if he has an average year from so if he hits thirty five next year, he will be number seven on the all time list if Conforto goes elsewhere because Conforto's number seven currently at one thirty and Alonso has one oh four. So if he has a a half if he has a decent year an average year next year, he will surpass Conforto if Conforto is not a Met next season. And hell, the way Conforto's hitting right now, he may surpass Conforto if Conforto is a Met next season. But he will be right in the mix at around 130 or so. At that point, it's only 120 more home runs until he is at the top of the list. So, yeah, I, I think it's more than likely he is the home run king when all is said and done. Uh, let's move over to the aforementioned Michael Conforto. My brother on Twitter asks, uh, where's Conforto in each year from 2022 to, through 2026? I think what he's trying to ask here is if... Um, if we think Conforto will be a Met for any of those years, and then if not, where he'll be. Do you think that he's going to accept the qualifying offer? I would think he will, because it would be hard to have much worse of a year going into free agency than he, than he just had. Um, I mean, ju just for context, in, in 2020, Conforto had a, a very good shortened season. He had 104 total bases in 2020. He only has 138 total bases in 2021, and he's played more than double the games. Yeah, that is that's wild. <laughs> that, that's that's a bleak, bleak statistic. So I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, in any season, um, if you told me Conforto was going to slug below 400, I would not have believed you. Right. So I think the CBA doesn't expire until after the qualifying offer process is set to take place. So, um, I guess I just, there's, there's no guarantee of him getting anything better than that. And I just can't imagine saying, okay, I'm going to go out there and, and present myself and say, look, uh, I wasn't the guy that I was this year, but, um, it's hard for teams to overlook that. So I would think they give him the QO, he accepts it. Uh, and, and then when the new system's in place, the new CBA, whenever that may be, uh, I don't know, it, maybe he ends up regretting it, but I, I, there, there would be far worse things, or there could be far worse things than uh, just sticking around, getting that reasonable salary i'd say um you know if conforto at his best is somebody who could definitely fetch more per year than what the qo would pay but um it's a nice opportunity to just come back and try to reestablish yourself um because i i can't imagine any team is going to give him anywhere near that kind of money for a, a long term right you know so um, maybe he can get more guaranteed money if he declines it, but I I would just guess that he'll accept. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing because Conforto early in his career, like in 2015, people were very high on him, and then he kind of had a down 2016. He only batted 220. He slugged just over 400. He hit 12 home runs, but from 2017 through 2020, 
I mean, the guy was just a machine. He was slugged 555 in in uh, 2017 in a slightly shortened season, but slugged 448, 492, and 515 the next three seasons. He was he was on pace to have a huge, huge free agency contract, and that just totally deflated. So I I agree with you. I think he will take the qualifying offer. That said, I don't think he resigns with the Mets after that. Do you? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably guess the same on that front as well. Um, I don't know why. I, I yeah, guess same. It's, just, it's something that feels like that's going to happen. I look, hey, maybe, maybe we're correct about the first part. He takes the QO, he bounces back, he has a great year, and, and the Mets make the playoffs and do something, you know, make some noise or win a World Series or something like that, and and then, um, and then he kind of ends up being a, a guy who's considered a cornerstone of all that. But um, from the team's perspective, not that I care about Steve Cohen's billions and how many of them he has to spend to make the Mets good, but um, it, it the system gives them a very nice setup here where if he's bad for a year or, or worse even, then it's very easy to just walk away. Um but if he's good, then you're you're sitting pretty with what he gives you in 2022. And um, if he's really good, then you could decide, hey, look, we want to we, we don't want to let you go anywhere else. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is just a blip. I do think he'll bounce back. You know, he's he's 28, which is crazy. It feels like he's been around forever, but he's still not even 30. Um Occasionally, you'll have a guy fall off, you know, in his late 20s, early 30s, uh, the way that I think is a little more typical in the mid-30s for for hitters. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Conforto has some very good years left in the tank. But the overall picture, next year, QO with the Mets, and then after that, he's gone because, you know, the luxury tax threshold goes down and we start, you know, hearing from Mets world that, that they're treating it like a hard cap or whatever, you know, cause next year they basically have to go over to field the team. Right. Um, and I hope because things are stupid like this, I hope they'd play really well, obviously because I'm rooting for the Mets, but also because, Somebody like Steve Cohen could go, oh, hey, look, we, we went over and we were bad. So going over doesn't guarantee anything. And then that then you start to think sort of like how the Mets were always run. You know, oh, well, spending money didn't work this one time. So clearly right. it's not going to work ever again. <laughs> so, yeah, please be good next year, <laughs> Mets. Yes, please. For so many reasons. For so, so many reasons. All right, let's go back to the Twitter questions here. This is from at librarian underscore Kate, my friend Kate. It says, Noah Syndergaard's nickname is Thor. What other Mets players could do with a superhero nickname? So uh, we, we obviously, we already had the Dark Knight in Matt Harvey, so I think we can't put any Batman nicknames up there. Um, I was trying to think of like what qualities really stand out from certain superheroes. The best one I came up with was, I think that I'm going to start calling Jacob DeGrom the Green Lantern. 
because the Green Lantern's power is from willpower. If he believes it, he can do it. And that seems like the perfect DeGrom, uh, you know, um, power because DeGrom just seems to, even when he's having an off night, can will himself to get through a game with, you know, maximum results because he's Jacob fucking DeGrom. Um, I'm trying to think, didn't Alonzo just have uh, some sort of Marvel bobblehead? Yeah, the Alonzo bobblehead was just a, a polar bear inspired. It didn't really, it doesn't look like him, nor did it have a superhero name attached to it. But you could call him, like, I don't know, the Hulk. Just big dude who hits things very far. Um, yeah, oh, but I have to call this out because it's hilarious. Uh, most of the time I forget that Mets Police exists. There's like a <laughs> remnant of Mets Twitter from a long time ago. But one of the image results on Google for this bobblehead is a headline from them that says Disney's Marvel teams with vulgar Pete Alonzo. <laughs> like they're still upset about LFGM. I didn't, I, I didn't even know they were upset about it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> vulgar pete vulgar pete <laughs> there we go there's that's his superhero name yeah vulgar pete. oh my goodness he wanted to grow up um uh, i'm trying to think of any of this I, I feel like if there was a guy who was i mean i guess you could maybe call see i always think of like an outfielder who's a great defender you could think like spider-man climbing the walls right but the mets have no one even close to that in the outfield right now um, let's see. I'm trying to think of any of those. There's no one super speedy to be the Flash. I mean, they have some team speed, but not like, you know, if, uh, what was the name of the, oh, there was a guy they brought up last year who was terrible, who was really fast. Who was that, Chris? Oh, last year? I mean, they've had Billy Hamilton. Like, if Billy Hamilton was still on the team, he'd be yeah, the yeah, Flash. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, that was only just last year, right? There was, there was somebody else last year, too, though. Um, and there's a name in my head that's not real. It's a name of a guy I went to college with. Um, all right, well we'll move past that. Uh, I'm trying to think of any others. Uh, you know, David Wright was also Captain America, so we have that have that superhero right. name in the past. Um, you know, I, I think I think we have a fair amount of of options there. But I, I would say like Degrom as the Green Lantern is is my super nerd answer. Um, you know, obviously, but yeah, that's that. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything better than that. I wish I had a good one for Doctor Strange. That would have been like Arya Dickey. Oh, Arya Dickey's totally Doctor Strange. Yes, one hundred percent. So we'll just go. We're gonna just pretend Arya Dickey's still a Met, and I mean that'll be my good answer. In my heart, he is still a Met. <laughs> you know, um, I, I have exactly two Mets things hanging in my office. I have a Mets uh, pennant in my office, and I also have an Arya Dickey trading card on my wall. So. RDG is a Met for always and forever in my heart. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. 
Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramps business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramps software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Denise at Denise Mule on Twitter asks, do you think Rojas will be gone at the end of the season? And if so, who would you like to see in his spot next year? Isn't it pretty much a given that Rojas is gone at the end of the season? You would think, point. but wasn't there something in, in the whole, like, oh, Alderson is sticking around? Something mentioned at that in that process of, like, oh, no, uh, like, it's not 100% a lock. Yeah, I, w- I want to say that somebody quoted Alderson and saying it'll be his preference to have him stick around. Um, but on, on the same token, I, I, there was a report, like, a minute after that, they said that Cohen was going to be the main one doing personnel stuff this year, not Alderson. Um, I don't really know if I believe that or not, but I also, uh, I don't know. I just, I think somebody has to take the fall for this team this year, and I don't see anybody who could take the fall easier or better than Rojas. Do you? Mm, no. <laughs> Like it's not it's not enough that they're not going to bring back Zach Scott because of his DUI. That's not him taking the fall for the season. That's him taking a fall for driving while drunk. Someone needs to take the fall for the way the team played, and I think the only person who can really effectively do that is probably Rojas. So whether he deserves it or not, I think Rojas is gone. I also think he deserves to be gone. I don't think he has a good control of the clubhouse. I don't think he's a very good in-game strategist. He seems like a nice guy, seems like a very likable guy, but uh, it's a very, very strange situation that I cannot imagine him getting himself out of. Yeah, yeah, no, and then we've mentioned it several times in the past, like <clears throat> the the backstory and all that. I know that's like super old news, but um, but I do think that being that he's worked his way up the ranks within the organization for so long that he'll... Uh, He'll be one of the many former Mets uh, managers or general managers who is offered to stay in the fold um, and do something in the org. Yes. Because unless you do something that, like, makes major news, uh, you know, if you're just like, oh, you, as far as we know, you're a decent person, you've done your best, uh, and you're in the club – like unless you've done something that's going to get a team bad press, you tend to not be shown the door. If you want to stay around, yes, you know baseball is just—it's just kind of like that. Once once you're in, and whether you stay with your organization or go to a new one, um, it, it's a hard thing to to get banished from, really. 
you know, unless you ruffle feathers like Bobby Valentine. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And it, it's not a situation like every now and then you see somebody like, um, I'm trying to think of a recent example, and I can't think of a super recent one who had a good season as a manager but was fired anyway. Like Joe Girardi. When Joe Girardi was doing pretty well for the Marlins, but then they fired him, and so he went, went up going to the Yankees relatively shortly after then. It's not like Rojas is showing anything to anyone where other teams are going to say, you know, we got to snap him up if the Mets let him go. I just don't see that happening. Do you? Yeah, no, no. And it feels like the Mets have had a recent trend in that regard. I mean, Terry Collins was a little bit older when, you know, when he, you know, when he started, too. Um, a little but, bit older? <laughs> well, <laughs> you were a generous yeah. man, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but he wasn't really, like, when the Mets managerial run came to an end, he wasn't really seeking, like, oh, I, I got to still be a manager. Where can I manage? Sure. You know? Um, but, yeah. Still, um, so, so and, I mean, you can go, you. You go back several managers. What, and some of it may be a totally different discussion of whether or not it's deserved. But the Mets. When's the last time the Mets had a manager who stopped being a Mets manager who got a new gig as a manager somewhere else? I don't Bobby think Valentine's century. Yeah, that was Bobby, it. Bobby Valentine. That was it. Art Howe did not manage again after the Mets. Uh, I don't think Willie Randolph has managed again after the Mets. Right, no, he has not. Uh, Jerry Manuel has not managed again after the Mets. And Terry Collins has not managed again after the Mets. And Mickey Calloway. Oh, I, I forgot about <laughs> Mickey Calloway. Oh, God. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that fucking guy. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can even be pedantic about this and say Carlos Beltran doesn't manage anywhere else either. Uh, after oh, that, that is Mets. true. Yeah. That is true. Although maybe he will uh, manage the Mets. Again. Well, I, I was going to say, don't you think that's the, the likely move here? Especially since the Red Sox brought Cora back and are having a great year. I feel like that would give them all the cover they need for like, ah, see, it's fine. Mets fans will still hate him. Yes. Well, that's... <laughs> That that's the problem. Like I I, I don't know what the uh, what the situation's going to be because well, first of all, anytime the Mets go on a winning streak, there's going to be and we we mentioned this in the past. There's going to be whispers about them cheating, so that's going to be annoying. Um, also, you know, people people like Beltron for reasons that have nothing to do with his managerial skills because we don't know his managerial skills, and uh, it's got to be. It's it's got to be a, a situation where he has to be really good for people to get over the cheating thing, and I don't know if it's necessarily go. I don't know if that's fair to him. I I think that ultimately his managerial tenure will always be clouded by both the cheating scandal with the Astros and also his icy relationship with the. Uh, with the fans because of just fans being dumb and the, him watching the Adam Wainwright curveball. I think all those things were, will always make his managerial tenure less than ideal, and that's a real shame. So from that standpoint, I kind of hope he doesn't manage the Mets because I, I don't want him or us to have to deal with that for however many years he's Mets manager. But honestly, I am so out of the... I don't have another good answer for who should be the Mets manager. Do you? I mean, mm -hmm. no, not specifically. I mean, 
we can delve more into the whole like one one rumor out there is Billy Bean and Bob Melvin uh, right. basically come in, you know come over leave the A's come over as a package deal. Um, and I honestly don't have strong Bob Melvin thoughts. Um, Neither do I. I don't know much about AL West managers unless you know unless it's like Joe Madden who um, you know had a presence before he got out there. Right. I mean, the Billy Bean thing is a, is a tough one for me because on one hand, I think Billy Bean's one of the smartest guys in baseball and has shown time and time again he can put together a winning team without a lot of money. And so you want to think, well, if he's given more money to work with, he'll be even better. But maybe he's just good at doing what he does with a little bit of money. And so I don't want them to hire somebody who is going to just continue this pitching pennies approach to baseball. But that said, I am a big fan of Billy Bean's sort of outsider thoughts about baseball at the time. But again, like we were also told that Sandy Alderson had those thoughts. And Sandy Alderson's Mets tenure has not been very good. You know, objectively, there are good things he's done. But overall, you know, the, the Mets have not, you know, fucking uh, money ball with money. That was the phrase going around when Alderson was hired. Money ball with money. And uh, who, I think it was De Podesta that said that. And it didn't happen. It never happened. The Mets won in 2015 not due to brilliant strategizing. They won because they traded a top prospect for Cespedes, who then went just eight for the rest of the season. You know, I... I yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know. I have very mixed feelings about Billy Bean as the Mets GM or president of baseball ops or whatever he would be. <sighs> Next question. Next question. Uh, okay, so so this was inspired by, I talked about that Colleen Green cover of Blink-182's Dude Ranch on Bass. So if we could commission a bass and vocals cover of another album, what album will we choose someone to do a bass and vocals cover of? Mm. See, I feel like I have the I have the wrong part of this answer already in my head, which is who would I want to do that cover? And I'd want like Mike Watt or Les Claypool to do that cover because they're really good bass players who play interesting, unique bass lines. So it'd be and, cool to hear them do that. Do vocals, yeah. and, they, and they sing. Yes, exactly. Um, so you know. Um, I don't know. I know Watt likes a lot of jazz and a lot of punk. I don't know. I don't know if the albums I would necessarily want would be something that that he would go for. I think Les Claypool could do something like. And I'm just picking kind of a random album here, but I was trying to think of an album that already had good bass parts. But like, Les Claypool could do a killer like Sgt. Pepper's bass cover because there's some weird songs in there that you could. Like, I could hear him singing fixing a hole really easily, you know, and uh some so maybe I'll say Les Claypool covering uh Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club band. That's I guess that's my answer. Yeah. It's a boring answer for from every aspect, but that's all I got. <laughs> I mean I I don't I don't have a great I don't have a great answer. I I can maybe come up with the album for someone to do a bass and vocals cover of. Sure, sure, go with that. Um, 
I would love to hear Highway to Hell done with just bass and vocals and see what that sounds like. <laughs> wow. Just think about it, like, it, now, here's the thing. You could play, you don't have to just play the bass parts. Well, exactly, yes. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was bass. thinking of. You could just, you know. Right. Well, yeah, Les Claypool plays his bass like it's an orchestra. Right, yeah. At times. Um, but yeah, yeah. What would ACDC sound like with one person on vocals and bass? To be clear, I am not going to try to do this myself. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I forgot to mention that th this question comes from at William F. O'Neill on Twitter. He had a second question. If the 2021 Mets roster were a Wes Anderson film, which film and who would be which character? So I thought a lot about this, and I, I enjoy the films of Wes Anderson, and I was torn. Are they the Darjeeling Limited where the main character tried to commit suicide and is, like, rebuilding his life? Because that's kind of like the that's like the Mets rebuilding is kind of a happier take, but I think it's really the Royal Tenenbaums, where it's a once great family that is now just uh, sort of desperate and sad in a number of ways. And so, of course, the 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 patriarch of that family would be somebody who had great success but has now fallen a hard time. So that would be Sandy Alderson is the Gene Hackman Royal Tenenbaum. Um, I guess uh, at this point, Michael Conforto is Richie the Bomber, a former tennis great who now who had a meltdown on the field and on, on the court and now doesn't play anymore. That's Conforto sort of f falling off this year. Um, oh, gosh. Who would be the adopted child of the New York Mets? I, I guess Javi Baez is the adopted child because he didn't start the season with them. Um, this isn't a great metaphor. Uh, okay, so, so Jacob deGrom is... Ethelene, the, the the mother of the family, who is the rock who keeps everyone together. That's the Grom. Um, Thor will be uh, Chaz, who has gone through a great trauma, but is trying to put everything back together again. Um, let's see who's Eli Cash. Who's 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 the Met most likely to be a mescaline? <laughs> um, <laughs> McNeil? Yeah, Jeff McNeil. There we go. I don't know why he is the one that most likely to to do masculine, but that that seems about right. Um, I I guess that's my answer. Do you have a better uh, Wes Anderson Mets movie connection? I mean, not. I can't flesh it out in, in that kind of detail as much. Um, but if I'm thinking of, and it was specifically the 2021 Mets, right? Yes, yes. So if I'm thinking of a moment in a Wes Anderson film that makes me connect with the 2021 Mets. It's when search and destroy plays on the boat in a life, the life aquatic. <laughs> okay. Just because it's, I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen that movie in a, in a little bit. So apologies to you or any other Wes Anderson fans, if I'm botching this, but I think up until that point, things aren't that crazy, but then that song plays and it's pure chaos. And that's, <laughs> yes. that's just sort of what it's felt like. like okay. <laughs> that makes know, so sense. I'm a, along and then just august august 2021 for the mets was search and destroy playing on the boat of the life aquatic that's what i've got i think that's an excellent answer <laughs> um yeah uh sue georgie for three months first place sue georgie just playing some chill david bowie songs in portuguese exactly. <laughs> and then 
Yeah, that's yeah. There we go. I love it. That's a perfect analogy. <laughs> so at LRB, our own Miss Kellyanne asked, "What is the airspeed velocity of an unladed swallow?" That is a Monty Python joke, but I looked it up. It's twenty-four miles per hour. So we can move past that Monty Python joke question. Thank you, and, Kellyanne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so Linda asked about a book that she told me to read, and I haven't read it yet, so I can't answer that question. So sorry, Linda Serovich. Uh, so our final question comes from our own Michael Drago. And he asked, if all the Amazing Avenue writers got into a massive fight, who would be the last man or woman standing? So do we want to, like, Royal Rumble WWE it out, or do you just want the direct answer? Oh, maybe let's try and figure out who, like, the final four would be, and then we can go from there. Okay. So I would say that... um, I get the feeling that, that Thomas... Henderson is somebody who like if you if you got Thomas really worked up I think Thomas would be would be just a ball of rage and could it could come at you Thomas is a really chill guy and you wouldn't think that but I just feel like he has inside of him the spirit of a warrior so I'm gonna put I'm gonna nominate Thomas for the final four who's your first nominee for the final four uh Allison (laughs) any any particular reason for Allison well like at Petit PhD, Allison McKig. Of us. I'm sorry, say again? I think she's probably stronger than uh, most oh, of us. absolutely, yes. Like, doing athletic activities regularly. And you getting know, a doctorate? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, also that. Um, yeah, there's just, uh, in terms of most badassery, in terms of, uh, you know, accomplishments and, and, and activities, I think it's Allison and uh, and and the first person she would take out on the way to the final four would be Michael. Of course, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I would say my second nominee is another a pot of their own host, and that's Maggie Wigan, because Maggie's a mom, and you don't fuck with a mom. Like if, if she thought that her kids were being uh, disrespected in some way, I think Maggie would would kill you without thinking about it. So that's just you know, uh, you know, and we've all heard the stories about like moms lifting up cars to get their kids out from underneath them. So I I think Maggie's Maggie's mom's strength would certainly put her in the in the in the top four. Hmm. All right, that's a good one. Um, so who else? So uh, my last thought, and we're going all podcasters here. I didn't mean to do this, but my last thought would be maybe Steve Sipa. Steve is quiet, but I feel like. He, he could sneak up behind you and fuck you up. Well, and he watches a lot of wrestling. He does watch a lot of wrestling. You're right. He probably has a whole <laughs> arsenal of moves you and I have never even thought about. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody out there is like secretly, uh, you know, MMA master um, of, of any martial art, really. Um, I, I know the topic so well that I don't even know if I, what I just said made sense, but <laughs> <laughs> If there's somebody who's secretly like hardcore into some some kind of combat uh, training that we don't know about, uh, then I then I apologize. But yes, same. Um, but th- does that final four seem seem accurate to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good one. Okay, then then then, then who who reigns supreme here? How does it shake out? Uh, I I came in with Allison, and I'm sticking with her. She's <laughs> the, my, my money's on Allison. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably correct. 
like I said, the, the determination it takes to get your PhD and also to still do shit like play soccer and go running. If you can do both those things at the same time, you can kick my ass. So, right, yeah. yeah. Right, so Allison yeah. would be the 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 last amazing avenue staffer standing. I like how neither one of us even thought we'd be in contention for this. <laughs> like, it was there wasn't even a question that we would be in the final four. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, I mean, I'm tall. <laughs> I, I don't know what that gains me in uh in in this scenario. Yeah, but, I, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just not interested in fighting. Like, if if, if you're gonna beat me up, just just just. Do it quick, man. Let me yeah. Let, let me just uh, let me get this over with. I have no interest in fighting anybody. Um. All right. Well, th- that's our that's our Q and A show. That was actually that was a lot of fun doing that. Uh, we should do this more often. Uh, so Chris, what is your music pick for this week? So, uh, I've had the opportunity to see a few shows recently, and I'm not going to recommend anything from those shows. But it's just been nice to. Uh, experience live music in that format again for the first time in a very long time and then this weekend there's a relatively small festival upstate um and one of the bands playing and we're, we're going uh and one of the bands playing is parquet courts i checked back I, I think i've only recommended one other record of theirs um and it was quite a while ago so i'm going to recommend another one not that that stopped me with other bands but you know, here we here we are. Uh, so, Human Performance by Parquet Courts. Um, they have a record that's coming out soon, but I believe that's still their most recent full-length album release. Um, it was a few years ago now, but but yeah, that was when I first got into them. That was the current record. So, you know, as, as normally happens. Um, you know, seeing them live, they were playing a lot of the stuff off of that. And, um, yeah, it's just got a really nice balance of the things that they do, uh, differently. They're, they're capable of like a slower, like songs that are a little bit slower, more ballady, encouraging sing-alongs, whether it's like group vocals in the band or, or from the crowd. And then also capable of just, you know, ripping out a, basically a punk song with like a slight garage sound to it. Um, and I think that record has their range on display pretty well. Uh, and yeah, you know, they wrote a song about dust to start the record. And uh, I, I appreciate taking little mundane things from everyday life and turning them into good songs. So yeah, parquet courts, human performance, uh, Fitting because we will see them as humans performing this weekend. That's fun. Good for you. Um, I, I think it's very fun to have uh, a band that is about to release an album do a live show, but the album's not out yet because you might hear a bunch of songs you haven't heard before. Yeah. And that's always a really fun thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that uh, Wilco released the album Star Wars like two weeks after a solid sound and had it, it was a complete surprise out of nowhere and then the next solid sound they were like yeah so we did that and we're sorry like we <laughs> like if, if we're going to surprise everybody basically we should have done it at solid sound but uh <laughs> <laughs> um, but nobody knew that one was coming you know most records you get the uh, here's a single here's a here's a video here's right, right. 
another song that's on some, you know, what I, the, that slow leak, not leak, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's it's a build up to it, right? Like they 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 want to build buzz about it, and I'm of two minds if that actually works or not. Sometimes um, I think sometimes the 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 surprise release is a better way to go, but you know, I understand why folks don't do it that way. Uh, so my pick for this week is an album that's actually quite old that I have not heard in a very long time until this week. Um, it's by a band called The Album Leaf, and the album's called In a Safe Place. The Album Leaf is a kind of a one-man band, but this particular album was recorded in Iceland with members of Sigurás playing on it. And it's it's a very, very... It's a mostly instrumental record. It's very slow and building, and it's it's to me it sounds very autumnal. I oftentimes sort of put a season on the albums that I listen to. You know, certain albums sound like summer, sound like winter, whatever. This sounds like autumn to me. And as we are just now into autumn, it's a it was a good time to revisit this album. And it's really quite beautiful. And it's a perfect, like, getting, doing work and having music on in the background album. And I did that a bunch this week with it on. And it was it was very, very nice. And so I don't have a ton of, uh, ton of things to say here. If you like sort of things like um, Boards of Canada or Aphex Twin. It's not quite as electronic as that. It's more rooted in sort of acoustic instruments. Like the Fender Rhodes piano is probably the main instrument on the record. But it's a really, really nice, just chilled out, relaxing record. And uh, who doesn't like those once in a while? So that's my record, In a Safe Place by The Album Leaf. Uh, as a reminder, this weekend, while Chris is uh, seeing Parquet Courts, many of us Amazing Avenue folks, and hopefully many of you, will be at Catch Astoria on Saturday at 5 p.m. for the Dollars for Dingers fundraiser, organized and hosted by our friends at A Pot of Their Own. We have a number of really fun giveaways to give away at that uh, at that event with via a raffle, which, again, all the proceeds from the raffle and the Dollar Senators Fundraiser in general all go to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. We have, courtesy of the New York Mets, a signed Michael Conforto baseball and a signed Brandon Nimmo bat. Uh, they are both in my possession right now, and I have never worried so much about my house burning down as I do right now, because if those things got taken away, uh, I would feel so terrible. Not that, my, not that I'm lighting fires in my house or anything. I'm just paranoid. that I, I don't like having these valuable things in my home because... Uh, they're not mine. They're going to be one of yours, hopefully, after Saturday. So there's more details at AmazingAvenue.com, or if you follow a pot of their own at Twitter, they will give you all the details. Five o'clock, catch Astoria. I'll be there, so come say hi, have a beer. And um, for all other Mets news and and uh, uh, analysis and depressing articles, go to AmazingAvenue.com which you can also find on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. This podcast and all of our amazing Amazing Avenue podcasts are all at uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get podcasts. Hopefully you can find our show. Uh, you can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris McShane. Almost forgot your Twitter handle, which is just your name, which is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I am on Twitter at Brian Eason And until next time, let's go Mets. 